Welcome to the Midco Sports Network Podcast. Here's your host, David Brown. Welcome to another episode of the Cougar Chronicle with Chris Johnson. Couldn't start 2020 on a better note. You come back after the mandatory holiday break with two road victories, 77-65 over Wayne State last Friday. Then you knock off nationally ranked Augustana at the Pentagon, 65-59. There's always stuff to work on, but honestly, I can't imagine a better weekend for you guys. No, I mean, when you find a way to win two road games against two quality opponents uh, after you've had an eight-day eight, eight break when you were playing pretty good basketball, you got to be happy with, with the results. No doubt we could have done things better in both games, uh, but I was really proud of our fight, our, our commitment to just being who we are, which we talk about a lot on this podcast and in our locker room. Uh, I was really proud of the guys this weekend. Ton of storylines in both games. We'll start with the Wayne State game first on Friday. Uh, we've mentioned it numerous times. The Wildcats are just a physical, hardworking team, much like you guys are. Their efforts never a question. A couple things stood out to me. This will be a theme for both games. One, you held them scoreless for about a five-minute stretch in the middle of the first half and a three-plus-minute stretch in the second half. And then number two, Trayvon Adams had his best game as a Cougar. He's been struggling through the first two months of the season. Let's start first with the defense. How do you guys have that ability to just shut teams down for a period of time. Well, some of it's luck, right? I mean, some of it's when they do get you and then they miss an open shot, right? That always helps when you have those long, you know, portions. Now, the the, the only sad part is we do the same thing offensively to ourselves sometimes. <laughs> this is going to be a team in the August standing game, which we'll get to. And so, you know, uh, I don't know if there's anything that goes into it. I know that the we put the one three one on on Wayne to start the second half. And we turned them over, I think, five of the first seven or eight possessions. And that really stretched it out from three up to about 14 or 15 and really gave us some breathing room. Um, this team really cares about getting stops. You know, it's not just lip service. Like some teams would rather outscore you, whatever. We know who we are. We have to try to defend. Um, some of it both nights, they probably didn't shoot it as well as they would like, but some of it was we're there a lot. You know, we're there to contest a shot. We're, we're laying on you on the post. You know, we have big, strong kids. Uh, we're a physical team, and that probably leads to having, you know, getting some of those droughts and some of those long strings of stops together that we get sometimes. And then Trayvon Adams. Here's some perspective. He's a junior college transfer originally from Kansas City. Heading into the Wayne State game, he had scored 15 points total. Yep. for the entire season he gets 16 alone versus the wildcats what went into the process to play trayvon more minutes and how was he finally able to showcase his talent yeah well there's a couple things whenever you have a junior college guy sometimes it takes them a semester sometimes it takes them a year to figure it out um and we've really been after trey about just his competitive edge his physicality because wh where he played last year wasn't like it is in the northern sun and he wasn't fighting us by any stretch. I need to be real clear on that. Uh, but he wasn't quite getting to where we needed him to be. I don't know if he talked to somebody at Christmas. I don't know if he just made the decision, like, I got to do this at a higher level or whatever. But he came back, and I had zero plans. that We did not sit over Christmas break and say, hey, we're going to play Trey more. He came back and had such a great week of practice that he earned it. And we needed to play him, and we needed to find one other ball handler. And, you know, we, would, we always said we're going to be better if Trey can figure it out because he's a talented kid, really. He made 101 threes last year in junior college on 48%. This team could use that, as we know. And uh, he, he – I mean, when people say, well, did you just riot, you know, leave him out there because he was hot, I put him in the game two and a half minutes in. Like he had earned a right to get a run. 
Now, he made Coach look smart by playing great that night. Hit three threes in the first half. In the first half, hit another big one in the second half, uh, took care of the basketball, did look like a guy who hadn't played a lot lately, you know, defensively. Uh, we got to tighten some things up, but it wasn't effort-related or physicality-related. Um, and we'll probably talk about him a little bit in the Augie game, too, later. But he, I thought he just had a really good weekend, and hopefully he can build some confidence and start going you know, a little bit more belief in himself uh, as we go forward. Because we believe in him. We just needed him to get to a certain level, and he finally did that. And that leads into my next question, where you know as well as anyone it's a week-to-week league, but is Trayvon's play sustainable, and how critical is it that it does stay sustainable? For sure. Sure it is, um, because he's a guy who can shoot the ball, and he's a guy that he's a he's our best athlete at the point guard position. Um, both games, he got in the paint, got us easy shots. That sometimes, you know, Milan's more of a pull up jump shot guy. Jack's just kind of a crafty find a way guy. Trey can you know put a dribble move on you and get by you. And I felt like against Wayne's pressure, we really needed that. And again against Augie, the same thing. So I think it's sustainable. Is he going to score 26 points every weekend? Probably not, uh, but he's a capable guy. And having another option, because that's who we are. We never know who's going to. Jack Thompson scored seven points against Wayne and had 20 the next night. You know, Austin Slater had 15 the first night, 10 the next. You know, you just never know when, on this team who's who it's going to be, but to have another option is a big deal for us. And and that you're leading right into my questions because we should mention that Austin Slater had 15, Tessie Powell, Chase Grundy had 10 each. It's another game where you get four guys in double figures, including from an unexpected source at the time in Trayvon Adams so that has to be reassuring because as we'll mention the odd game Jack Thompson at 20 you're getting diversity I, I don't know if it's frustrating that you don't know who it's going to be every single night or encouraging that it can be anyone any single it's night. not frustrating at all because we normally like this team really trusts each other they'll throw the ball to the open guy and trust that he's going to make the shot or make the right decision when he gets it um, you know and then there's so much more to this team than just scoring, right? I thought I, – I think uh, Chase had 10 both nights or roughly. Yeah. I thought this is as good as he's played all year. And he's had nights where he's had 20, 25 or whatever. He just – he did everything. He rebounded. He, he, he leads us in assists right now. He's not turning it over. He's a physical presence defensively. And – He's not trying to – he doesn't feel like he has to score 20 every night. If that comes on a night where we have a great matchup or he's rolling, great. If not, but that's kind of us in a nutshell. Uh, people probably didn't even notice him as much because you notice what Trey did and you notice what Jack did. But I thought Chase was – Chase, Tessie, Austin were our rocks again this weekend. Another key factor versus Wayne State turnovers. They commit 16. You guys only commit six. You're plus nine in points off turnover. So – in a 12-point victory, that makes a difference in this being a close game. Yeah, you know, this we've turned people over a lot more in our 1-3-1 than our regular uh, defense. But um, if you had looked coming into the Augie game, and that that's going to change when we get to talking about that game, but we had had 10-8-7-6 in our last four games of turnovers. When we do that, we have a chance. You know, we're not dynamic enough offensively to turn the ball over 20 times and score enough points to win. And so us taking care of it is a huge deal, and a lot of that's just making better decisions. We're starting to do that. Saturday against Augustana, you knew it was going to be a good battle with the Vikings' depth. You emerged with a 65-59 victory that had a lot going on in it. Let's start with the overall defense. We're going to get to that stretch in the second half in a minute, but you hold them overall to 59 points. That's their lowest point total of the season. What worked so well defensively overall in that 40 minutes? Well, you know, I, I got asked this after the game. There was nothing we did schematically. Like, there, we didn't take them out of anything, you know, 
excuse me, we just probably did a really good job of being there all night, being there to contest shots. We didn't, you know, the one thing we knew going into the game is if they made 10 or 15 threes, we're in trouble because that's not something that we do. Um, and so I thought we did a good job of taking away multiple three-point attempts. I thought we did an okay job on the glass. I mean, they got 13 offensive rebounds, but they're such a good rebounding team that I thought the battle level was there for both. We had 15, they had 13. I thought both teams competed on the glass. Um, so we didn't give them a ton of extra opportunities. And then, quite frankly, I, I'm sure that they felt like they, they got shots that they normally make, right, and they missed some, and that helps. Uh, but I also think we had something to do with that when you have Tessie blocking four shots, and Austin is a really good post defender, and we're just there all night, if that makes sense. And then you had four guys in double figures at Wayne State. Jack Thompson was not one of those guys, as we mentioned. He only had seven, but he has 20 against Augustana. He's pretty much a constant on the floor. You barely take him out. Why do you trust him so much right now as a freshman? Because of his effort level. I mean, he just he made two of the most unbelievable plays in that game in the last two minutes where he got the ball stolen from him at the top of the key went all the way back and got a steal. Austin Slater got the ball stolen from him at the top of the key. Jack goes from the baseline to the other free throw line, gets a steal before they can even get a shot up. Uh, those are kind of some of the reasons why we trust him. And he takes care of the basketball, and he's probably our best shooter consistently. Uh, I don't think it's sustainable for me to keep running him out there for 39 and a half minutes every night, but that's what we had to do this weekend, and he answered the bell. So let's get back to the defense. There's a seven-minute stretch late in the second half where you hold Augie Squirrels from about the nine-minute mark to the two-minute mark. Now, in that time, there was also a four-minute stretch where you guys did not <laughs> right. score, but you but you effectively shut them down, and, and it's kind of being redundant. But but why is that? It's the same thing that happened at Wayne. There's a long stretch, and I know some luck is involved, but there's a long stretch where they no. just don't score. I, I think our physicality and our willingness, like, like we've talked about, to just compete. You know, our, our big saying all the time defensively is just make them earn everything that they get. You know, like Matt Todd's a really good player. Reamers was a really good player. I can go all the way down the list. Like they're going to score some, there's no way to hold any of those guys off the score sheet. Just make them earn everything they get. And I thought we did a really good job of that during that stretch. You know, I heard a lot of people, Oh, that was an ugly game. I thought it was beautiful. Right? Like I defense and rebounding. I can watch that all night long. Now I realize as a fan, you probably, enjoy the 105-100 game a little bit more. Uh, but that's how we had to make that game in order for us to have success, and I thought we did a good job of that. And then as I mentioned, and you joked about it, you know, even though you hold them scoreless, there's a period where your offense isn't getting going. So there was a in that period you could have pulled away, made it a double-digit game, couldn't get it going. Are, are those lapses concerning at all, or, or was your defense so good that you're like, we can withstand it? Well, it's concerning. I mean, I, I thought we lost all flow offensively during that time. I think they probably did too. Um, the one thing that we probably did a decent job of, and it wasn't necessarily by design, I certainly didn't say it to them, is we ran a lot of clock during that time. And so we shortened the game even though we weren't scoring. And uh, it did. It, it felt like it in the moment, like, man, the scoreboard never, lights never change for either team for a long time here. Uh, but when I went back and watched the game, it was even longer, right? Like it felt like, man, we're struggling, but we're still up by five or seven. Um, and that's kind of then I focus more on that. Like, can we keep them at arm's length? And I thought we did a good job of that. All right, we'll get to the key play light. You guys are up 58-53 with about a minute and a half left. Jack Thompson, he's dribbling down the shot clock, as you kind of mentioned. He gets it poked away by Dylan LeBrun with about four left. But then Thompson, incredible hustle. He steals it right back. He goes the other way, gets hit hard by Michael Schaefer, bit of a skirmish, ref's review, 
It's a flagrant foul. You and Coach Builder for Augustana. You meet at the scorer's table, the officiating crew. What, what was that like? Take us through that. Well, first of all, I mean, the, the official said, like, probably wasn't the best idea to bring in a heated basketball game, us two together to discuss that. It was probably better if they would have just discussed it with us individually. Um, at, at the end of the day, he's fighting for his team. That's his job. I'm fighting for my team and my freshman who just hit the basket stanchion hard. Um, nothing more to it than that, to be honest with you. Uh, it's probably the heat of the moment. I wish that wouldn't have happened. My guess is he wishes it wouldn't have happened as well. 30 seconds later, we met at half court. We're good. Handshake line was great. Um, I don't, you know, like he's fighting for his team. I'm fighting for my team. I don't, you know, after watching it, I, I thought it was a good call, but I don't think it was dirty. And I can live with that. You know, I don't know what he thinks, but uh, him and I, I have a ton of respect for him, uh, not only as a coach, but as a man. Uh, when my dad was sick here a couple of years ago, really sick, coach reached out to me more than anybody. And so the last thing I want to do is be disrespectful to him in any way. And, and, and you mentioned it. Even before the game ended, you guys kind of just talked at half court. You said, we're good. Handshake line, completely cordial. There's no bad blood. The foul's just a heat of the moment thing. And as you said, you guys are each fighting for each other. And I guess I, I can personally relate just because, you know, basketball coaching and, you know, journalism or, or working at a sports network, they're just – when we're doing a broadcast, it's high-intensity situations. Right. Sometimes things don't go right. You get mad in the moment, but afterwards, it's all good. And I think people should understand that, you know, as you said, there's no bad blood. All the respect in the world for Coach Biller. It's just a heat-of-the-moment thing. You're fighting for your team. That's it. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I just at, at the end of the day, I saw my starting guard go into the basket hard. Of course you're going to react. Yeah, I'm going to react a certain kind of way. And I'm fighting to try to, you know, get – what I think is right and he's trying to still win the basketball game too so he there was no way we were going to agree on it right like right, that, of course if and, and the reason I say that is after the game I kind of was sitting in the locker room trying to okay if we flip it around okay I'm probably saying what he's saying he's probably saying what I'm saying exactly so we're good you know and that's really really all it was yep it's heat of the moment competition I think most people understand that you're just fighting it's a high intensity high pressure afterwards you're fine mm -hmm. you're completely fine so now you guys are 7-1 and one in the South Division, 11-3 and three overall. No ties anymore. Right now, you are the best team record-wise in the NSIC. How does that sound to you? Well, I mean, it sounds great, obviously. And, you know, I'm, I'm proud of what we've earned to this moment. Uh, maybe the best part of this team has been they have been so locked into, okay, who's next? What do you need us to do to beat? Now it'll be Mankato, you know, getting ready for Friday and then Concordia on Saturday. Um, we haven't gotten ahead of ourselves all year. It's my job to make sure that that doesn't happen. Um, you know, there is some nervousness that all of a sudden there's going to be some outside expectations that weren't there for the last two months because nobody expected this. Um, all we've done is put ourselves in a great position. Now we have to keep winning basketball games. And, and uh, as long as we're willing to play the way we need to play, we'll put ourselves in position to at least have a chance. And so, I mean, it, it sounds great. Don't get me wrong. Like I, if you can't ever enjoy the positives, what are we doing here? Right? Like I needed to let them enjoy it, but I'm going to snap them back to reality today. Cause we play a really good Mankato team that I don't think's lost since we beat them, you know, and are playing and now we're healthy. And so we're going to have our hands full on Friday and that game will count just as much as Wayne State or Augie or Concordia does. And I know what that sounds like, but it's true. You know, like we didn't do anything but win a really good road game and we put that in the bank and we move forward.
by the way, should mention, in true road games, you were undefeated. Your only loss away from the Stewart Center was a technically a neutral court game. So you have an ability to focus on the road. Is, is there anything to that regardless of opponent? Yeah, I think that this team does a great job of – it's not an us-against-the-world mentality. I think that can be overplayed. But there's a focus of we're on the road. It's just us. We're focused completely on the task at hand. And I think this team has thrived on that. Now, what we haven't done is play very well at home, if we're being honest. I mean, we have two really bad, like big losses at home. And so, yeah, I wish we were going back to Mankato and Concordia, to be honest <laughs> with you, rather than playing here. Well, as you mentioned, for the first time, you're going to be facing teams for the second time this season. It's Minnesota State and Concordia St. Paul coming to the Stewart Center. You faced both of them last month on the road. You won against both of them. So how do you defend the home floor first? Minnesota State because they've struggled at times this season, but now they're getting healthy. They seem to have turned it around. Yeah, and they and they moved Rylan Holt into their starting lineup, their freshman, who's probably the leading candidate for freshman of the year. Um, and so they, they moved him to a guard spot, so now they're really big. They were already really big, but now they're really big. Um, very athletic. Uh, Cam Kirksey's probably the best player in the league, uh, or at least in the South. They've got a monster of a five man and Kelby Kramer like that's going to be a, a, a tough tough game for us but we'll have to we'll have to rebound we got to keep them out of transition um, and then we have to handle their athleticism and then Concordia St. Paul is Saturday they're coming off a weekend sweep of their own they're playing some of their basketball best basketball of the season for sure and and we that was not an easy game for us in any sense um, they really killed us in transition early they hurt us on the glass um, you know they've Coblin can really score. You know, Cody Carlson can really score. They have a couple guys playing now that didn't play when we played them last. One of them's in the starting lineup. Another one's playing a lot of minutes. So um, that's going to be a, a dogfight. They're playing really well right now. So this is a weird quirk of the season so far. You guys have played 14 games. At the end of seven of them, so half, your opponent has hit either a long three or a two in the final five seconds. Now, the baskets, all of them have been inconsequential to the ultimate result of the game. But you've laughed about the margins at the end of these games because it started the very first game of the season with Lincoln. You win by one, so everyone thinks it's a close game. But they hit a half-court shot to make it look closer than four. So is this weird to you? Is this funny to you? Do you have to work on your last five-second defense? <laughs> well, we might. Like... It's not funny. Uh, it's starting to get I think frustrating. It's funny, but... Well, yeah. I mean, it, it's great because none of them are coming when the game's tied and we're getting beat on a half-court shot or a deep three. Right. But... All these baskets have been inconsequential. Right. I mean, Augie hit two threes in the last 20 seconds. You know, uh, Wayne State hits a three with At one second At the end of the buzzer left. of both the first and second right. half. You know, and so now it's kind of we look at each other and chuckle a little bit like, well, that's what happens to us. Um I don't think there's anything to that. You know, we're, we're obviously not guarding the way we would in a tie game in those situations, but it is, I guess you're right. It is kind of funny because it's, it felt like every game. I, when you started saying the stat, I thought it would be more than seven out of 14. It, I felt but like it, is it might half be the 10. Games. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, and, and it did start the first night. I mean, we made a free throw to go up four, missed a second, and they chuck in a half-court shot. And I'm like, wow, it's a good thing Slater made that free throw or we'd be in <laughs> overtime right now, and it's just kind of continued on to most games. So 7 of 14 games, and if you include first halves, because the 7 of 14, that's just the end of the second half. If you include first halves, it's 9 of the 28 halves. Fun fact, you know how many you guys have hit at the end of a half? Zero. One. One. Trayvon Adams, first game of the season, Lincoln. 
Oh, there you go. At the end of the first half, he had a three to put you up one at halftime. Well, there you go. That, that was a long time ago, exactly. so that's why I don't remember. But, yeah, it certainly hasn't felt like we've done any of that. That's for sure. So this just a, a fun little aside just because I know you've joked about yeah, oh yeah. it. Yeah. I bring it up every every time you sit down before we start the podcast. You're like, hey, like, you're oh, not going to believe this, but it happened again. So those of you on the money line, or no, yeah. I'd rather have Wayne State plus 14, plus 15. No, I'm kidding. Don't gamble on NSIC games, kids. <laughs> All right, fun question. And I say this selfishly as a Vikings fan now because yep. I'm very, very ecstatic after the game against the Saints. Now that we're down to the final eight, your Super Bowl pick. Oh, man. Um, that's a great question. Kansas City. That's good. Uh, and then I have, I, I, like, here's why I, I think it's going to be Green Bay. And that, that just fries me on every level because mm -hmm. uh, everybody knows I'm a Viking fan. I don't know if the Vikings can win again. But I'm not going to doubt them because I certainly did last week. Um, I just think Green Bay probably has the easier game than San Francisco does. I don't know. Let's go. We'll go 49ers and Chiefs. Uh, but I hope I'm wrong. Okay. I will I will go with 49ers, Ravens, and hope I'm wrong yeah. as well. So, hey, at least we can be objective enough to understand that we're very happy the Vikings won. We'll, we'll we'll see if they can ride that momentum. So, so we win two two road games. Trap wins two road games. The Gophers men's basketball won last night. Uh, the Wild won on Saturday. Now they did lose in overtime yeah. last night. Uh, the Timberwolves won a game, and I had a couple people text me like that that aren't from here, but that know I'm a huge Minnesota fan, and said. Well, if the Vikings win, your weekend will be complete. And I sent back to both of them. That's not happening. That's just not going to happen. And then all of a sudden they're up twenty to ten, and I'm like. This is either going to be awesome or heartbreaking, and the heartbreak started well, to yep. started to get in there, and then it was pretty awesome when Rudolph caught that touchdown. I, I sent a tweet out that my wife was watching with me, and she's like, "How do you deal with this all the time?" And I'm just like, "I have no idea." It's been 20 plus years. Like when I was growing up, I became a fan when Randy Moss came. Like I was in middle school Randy Moss's rookie year, and just since then, it's just been all Vikings all the time. And so it's been 20 years ever since the Gary Anderson miss of expecting the worst but hoping for the best and uh, so even when they were up 20 10 in the fourth i'm just like I, I i still remember a joke where there was a thanksgiving game a couple of years ago and i was at my in-laws and they were just like are you okay and i'm just like yeah they're like oh are the vikings losing i'm like no they're up 14 <laughs> because i'm so nervous about yeah. what's gonna happen i don't like i i will say this and it's because of my job i don't get uh, as wrapped up in the wins or losses of and other teams And that's probably the best anymore. way to live. I, you know, like, there's very few teams. The Twins can ruin a day for me, yeah. okay? The Vikings cannot. The Timberwolves cannot. The Wild, yeah, probably can. <laughs> um, but it would depend on what kind of type of game it was, right? Like, the Twins lose the third game of the year, well, whatever. Um, but the Vikings probably, and it's probably because of all of that. I remember being in college, and we were all at a house watching the Falcons game. Mm-hmm. And I remember just how mad I was afterwards. I'm like, ah, that's not going to be healthy if I'm going to be a coach, right? So right. Um, I, I, I saved those negative emotions for when we get beat. Uh, <laughs> but I was certainly happy uh, last night. And when the Mi Minneapolis miracle happened, uh, I'll never forget. My oldest was watching the game with my wife and I, and I stood up and give the fist pump or whatever. And she just looked at me like she was eight or nine at the time, like, 
what is dad doing? Like I scared her to death. <laughs> and so she still likes to talk about that. So when Rudolph caught the touchdown, there was a, there was a big clap and, a, and she's like, well, it wasn't as bad as it was three years ago. Oh, so we'll, we'll take it when we can get it. That's for sure. Crazy stuff. Well, Friday, Saturday, Minnesota State, Concordia, St. Paul, you guys right now, as I mentioned, best record in the NSIC. Come to the Stewart Center. See a hardworking, physical, fun team to watch. It may not necessarily, as you said, always be the prettiest game, but you guys work hard and you compete. Absolutely. You know, I hope people will will have you know get out here and see this team because they've they've earned that and they have. Uh, hopefully they can continue earning that. Minnesota State Friday, Concordia St. Paul Saturday. We'll see you next week. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening to this Midco SN podcast. To listen to any of our past episodes, visit midcosn.com slash podcast.